Welcome to NBA Talk with Isaac Wolf. I'm your host, Isaac Wolf. And today I want to start off by talking about this year's draft class. Which rookies have the most to prove? The first one that came to mind for me was Bull Bull, because coming out of high school, he was seen as a top five NBA prospect. Went to Oregon, played just nine games before a stress fracture in his left foot ended his season very early. Due to that and questions about his motor, he fell to pick number 44, and he was traded once he did get picked. So obviously there are questions surrounding Bull. Can he stay healthy? At 7'2", 7'3", he's only 208 pounds. Not a sturdy frame. So his durability is an area of concern. Did have that stress fracture in his left foot, which did not help. So he needs to prove that he will not be another one of those injury-prone big men who had promising careers ahead of them. Greg Oden, Brad Doherty, Ralph Sampson, Bill Walton, even Yao Ming. All big men who had injury problems that kept them from reaching their full potential. So let's see how Bubble can hold up. Physically, mentally, though, is another question. Does he have the motor? Because when his motor is on, he is a dominant player. But he doesn't always have it on. So we need to see if he has the mental ability to consistently use his motor at a very high level. A lot of questions surrounding Bobo. I think he's going to do fine. He is in a great system in Denver behind a great center, Nikola Jokic. Everything is lined up for him to do very, very well. Let's move on to RJ Barrett because he was drafted by the New York Knicks. That was the team that came into the summer expecting Zion. But instead, they got his college teammate. And being drafted by New York especially the Knicks, expectations are naturally high. If he had gone to Memphis, I don't think there would have been as much pressure. However, he did uh, he did end up in New York on the Knicks, which is a team that is desperate for a star. And since that happened, there is a lot of pressure on Barrett to perform. He was all right in the summer league, but he kind of struggled shooting the ball. Not only that, but his ball handling for his shot creation was not too good either and if his calling card at the next level is his scoring which i think it is he will need to work on those things to become an elite scorer and like an efficient elite scorer look the knicks are looking to barrett to be their franchise guy in the future but he's got a lot to work on so we'll see what he shows us during his rookie campaign at madison square garden Darius Garland. He played just four full games with Vanderbilt last season. Injured his meniscus, and he was not really considered a top NBA pick coming out of high school. He was ranked 16 in ESPN's top 100. Still had some people high on him. However, despite the injury, he became a top five pick. Obviously, there was something the team saw in him that he that made him top five pick worthy. He is a very talented scorer. I will tell you that. He is great shooter off the dribble, off the catch. However, he can get it done. He will. But playing just four games, we haven't seen much from him. He needs to prove he was worth a top five pick. It seems risky to take a guy like that who was not even ranked in the top ten coming out of high school and then played just four games in college, mostly against bad competition. But there must be something special that NBA scouts see in him. And that's what he needs to show us. He needs to prove that he was top five pick worthy. So a lot of pressure on him to perform for Cleveland this year. Last guy that came to my mind for this was Cam Johnson. 
He was the 11th pick in this year's draft, and that was one of the many surprises of the draft. Most did not see him being taken in the lottery or even top 20, yet he went 11th to Phoenix. He's got a lot to prove. Yes, he is a great shooter, but he needs to be more than just that. Just pure shooters are certainly guys that can make it in this league. J.J. Redick and Kyle Korver, for example, but Keon is different. I think he can do more than just shoot. Guys like JJ and Kyle are in ways athletically challenged. They're not as athletic as some of the other guys in our league. They make up for their athleticism or lack thereof by their shooting. But Cam has the athletic ability and size to do so much more. He can be a really good rebounder. He has a lot of potential on the defensive end as well. It's just a matter of what he works on and develops. Because he's a hard worker, Cam's a hard worker. His former college teammate Kobe White said it in his reaction when Cam got drafted. He certainly got the work ethic. It's just a matter of what part of his game he takes to the next level. He does everything well. The only thing he does at an elite level, though, is shoot. But Cam can be so much more than just a shooter. I cannot wait to see what he does with his game. Let's move on to some free agency moves that have happened recently. Vince Carter is returning to the Atlanta Hawks for his final season. Yes, VC is back in the ATL for what I believe is his last season. I think he confirmed it. And here's a stat that's going to blow your mind. Here's your mind-blowing stat of the day. Vince Carter is older than Trey Young's dad. Trey Young, of course, being his teammate. He's older than Trey Young's dad. Once he plays... Okay, back to the... Back to the Trey Young's dad thing. Vince Carter could be Trey Young's dad, and they're on the same team. That's just that's just weird. And if that's not enough, here's another stat to blow your mind. Once he plays in 2020, he will be the first player ever to play in four four different decades. He played in the late 90s, played in the 2000s, 2010s, and now he will play in 2020. That is insane so impressive this is a guy we can give a farewell to her Udonis Haslam is coming back to the heat for his 17th season with the franchise on a one-year 2.6 million dollar deal so guys who were at the who are at the tail end of their careers are re-signing with their teams basically to finish out their careers I don't know if this is Udonis Haslam's last season but it could be Let's talk about Carmelo Anthony, because he went on first take and did an interview with Stephen A. Smith. It was a very long and detailed interview, and he talked about a variety of things, like his time with the Rockets, his choice of the Knicks in free agency, and more. Melo was not happy about the end of his time with the Rockets, and here's what he said about that. He said, quote, The 10th game come, I just didn't understand where that come from. I actually reached out to Daryl first, talking about Rockets GM Daryl Morey, and said, can we talk about how can we make this better? What can we do to fix this? What can I do to fix this? But he had in mind that he wanted to come talk to me too about releasing me and letting me go. So I didn't like how that went down. And that's, that's understandable. I mean, this is the team that had wanted you for so many years. They finally got you, and then just after 10 games, they're like, eh, we don't need you anymore. Daryl Morey actually told Melo, quote, your services are no longer needed. So you can see where his frustration is coming from there. 
another interesting thing he said was he said that he was going to resign or not resign. He said he was going to shine with the, sign with the Chicago Bulls during his free agency period when he ultimately resigned with the Knicks. He said he was he was basically there and then he started hearing whispers behind the scenes that certain people might be leaving the Bulls. He met with the Knicks last and discussed what they can do to win. Melo said, "Quote, a lot of things were promised." And he felt that he belonged in New York. So he ultimately did resign with the Knicks. Did not go to the Chicago Bulls. That would have been certainly interesting. D. Rose, Mello, Butler was still there at that time. Well, maybe not. Maybe he wasn't drafted yet. But Joakim Noah was there too. Taj Gibson. That would have been a very, very good team. There's a lot of good stuff in that interview. And if you want to check it out, you go to YouTube and look up Stephen A.'s interview with Mello on first take. LeBron James is going to be organizing a team minicamp for the Lakers. He wants to build chemistry before training camp. This, I think, is going to be very good for the Lakers. They had that roster flip over this summer, and it'll be good for them to spend some time together. Lakers need whatever advantage they can get, because with all these new pieces, it's we really don't know how they're going to perform in the regular season. Other teams already have it figured out. Lakers do not. So this is that, that's good for them. Good job, LeBron. I want to talk about John Wall because he received the Supermax from the Wizards and he is getting paid $38.2 million this year. Oh, and don't forget he tore his Achilles at home and will not be playing at all this season. So yes, John Wall is getting paid $38 million to sit down in a cushiony chair on the sidelines for seven months. How great of a job is that? I mean, it sucks to be injured. But you're getting paid $38 million for it. That's certainly enough to pay for the medical bills. As if the other contracts that he had had before that weren't, but whatever. Anyway, John said that he is going to, quote, show them I earned it. Talking about the Supermax. Look, it does seem a bit of a waste, at least part of it. $38 million and he's not even playing. But right now, sorry, John, <laughs> but you cannot show anything right now you can't show them that you earned it just sitting on the sidelines whatever you do if that is your goal do not rush your return do not rush it kevin durant paid the price and it's one of the worst injuries that can happen to an athlete besides breaking bones and other weird stuff so take your time in the recovery process you've got basically a full year and more to recover from it make sure you get back full strength maybe even better but whatever you do, it's not worth it to rush, rush back and try to prove your doubters wrong this season. Come back even better and really prove them wrong the next season, 2021 season. Let's talk about Nail Ivy because former Notre Dame assistant, or excuse me, former Notre Dame women's associate head coach was named as a Grizzlies assistant coach. More and more women are now becoming parts of NBA staff. Becky Hammond really was the one that paved the way for this. I love the trend and I'm happy for Neil. For Neil. Magic Johnson is renting a yacht for $1 million a week. I don't know if that shows you how much money he has. I don't know how long he's renting it, but <laughs> it seems that he's doing fine without that Lakers job. 
To wrap up today, this day in NBA history, the Orlando Magic officially signed Shaquille O'Neal to his rookie contract. Happy birthday to DeMar DeRozan. And now, school's back in session for me. <laughs> Yay. So now, because of that, and because of the workload of school, podcasts will now be coming out on the weekends, Saturdays and Sundays, sometimes Fridays, depending on the homework load. And if necessary, because obviously school season is the NBA season, anything can happen. If necessary, I will come out with special episodes on certain weekdays. So I will come out with my next episode on Saturday.